Okay, we are live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest. Her name is Jennifer Sharp, S-H-A-R-P, and she just released a new documentary. The title of the documentary is Anecdotal, so A-N-E-C-D-O-T-A-L-S, and you can see that on uh, YouTube. I will include a link to the show in the show notes. It was just released December 2022. I highly recommend it, and you can see her website is anecdotalsmovie.com. And it's a very important and timely subject. I've been doing a lot of research into vaccine injuries, and you can really follow my work on my podcast. So I came across her. She was the writer, director, producer, and editor. So she's kind of the auteur of this film, and I highly recommend it. And it, I think it shows the first-person um, involvement of her in this whole story, but she can talk more about that. So Jennifer Sharp, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks awesome. for having me. Great. Well, thanks for agreeing to the interview. For people who may not know your name or have not come across this, can you talk about your background? I know that you personally have a story in relationship to the, the subject matter of the documentary. Can you just kind of talk a little bit about that and when, when the wheel started turning to put a documentary together? Yeah, so I'm a filmmaker and I, you know, I've made a, f a couple feature, a few features. I do documentary. I do um, fiction. So I've wanted it, you know, I went to school for it. I went to, I, so that's me. I'm a filmmaker. I'm a filmmaker who took the, sh the COVID shot, one Pfizer shot and had an adverse reaction. And so the whole first year of my adverse reaction, it was just, and my adverse reaction is mild. It's not horrible, horrible, like life changing, but it's, I mean, even just two days ago, it's been almost two years now. And for the last three nights, I've had problems sleeping because something has flared up my paresthesia, which is the pins and needles. So I go to bed at night and the left side, my leg and my arm just start sharp, sharp needles or buzzing to, to almost a painful point. So it's like hard to sleep. That's happened the last few days. It's been a long time since that's happened. I thought I was kind of over the hump and you just never know things come back. So mine's stuff like that, paresthesia, numbness, most of the stuff is on the left side of my body. Um, so right after my shot, my ankle, my knee was swollen. My, I couldn't feel my face for like a month. So it was just, I was still going on with my life, but I'm like, this is weird. And I start telling people. And as I started to tell people about my reaction, I realized that people didn't want to hear about it. As soon as you talked about your reaction, you were actually, I was actually scolded and told it was unethical because if I, because, and I was literally told by somebody, it's just anecdotal. So it's irresponsible for you to spread this. And that's actually where the title of the movie anecdotals came from. <laughs> Cause I'm like, wow, it's just anecdotal. And I'm like, okay, but like, all I'm doing is telling my truth. And I wasn't even bashing the vaccine when I talked about it. Like I did one Facebook post and I was like, this is not bashing the vaccine. I'm just sick of hearing safe and effective when it's not safe for everyone. And maybe it's safe for most people. Like I was being really cautious, but I was like, I want my story to be told because I'm now in support groups with a thousand thousands of other people who've had the same thing. So all you people who think there are no adverse reactions need to be aware. So I started, t I told my story, but I quickly realized that People didn't want to hear it. People didn't care. And, you know, there were kind of two camps, right? And it's the, vac the vaccine advocates and the vaccine skeptics. And they fall in all different 
ranges of who they are, but the, the vaccine skeptics were immediately like, oh, we know we've been dealing with this for 20 years. You know, my son was injured by this. I was hearing stories. The vaccine advocates were like, don't talk about it. And most of my world is among vaccine advocates. So most of the people in my world and in my close circle didn't really care that I got, they didn't care that I had this reaction. They didn't care that I couldn't get my second shot. And so when the mandates came, I was not allowed to participate in society. I, they would invite, I'd be invited places and I'd be like, um, I'm not allowed to go there. And that was like the weirdest thing. And what was even weirder is that most people in my life would give me a momentary like, oh, that sucks, that's weird. And then they'd go on with their lives. Nobody cared. So as a filmmaker, eventually I was like, the artist in me was like, I have to tell this story. And a few people had said I should, and I did not want to, because I also don't want to get into the political controversy and I don't want to step into the limelight with this. And I had just released my last feature film, which is a fiction comedy. Like it's totally different. It's a comedy. It was a six year project. It had just released on Amazon. Um, it's called Una Great Movie, <laughs> if anybody wants to see it. But um, it was just, I loved it. And I'm like, if I do anecdotals and start talking about controversy, is it gonna affect Una Great Movie? Is it gonna affect this that I put my life into, my, my movie that I love, or will people not wanna see it? Will people not wanna hire me as a director? And so I, I really fought against it, but when enough people hadn't listened to me, and then I lost my second job for not being vaccinated, um, and I even offered at the job to get tested every morning. I was like, I'll get tested every morning on my, on my dime. I'll show you an exemption that I got. I, you know, all this stuff. And so I was just like, I can't, you know, and when I lost that job and they didn't care, and then people are still telling me there's no such thing as reactions. Um, or it's so rare. I said, it's my job. It's my duty as a filmmaker, as an artist to tell this story. Right. And so you kind of hooked up with that network of other people who've been injured, correct? Yes. Been affected. Yeah. Yes. And so was that kind of just on social media, kind of other yes. people kind of? Okay, so you yeah. Kind of and I felt lucky because I was walking by a neighbor and I couldn't feel my face. And she's like, how are you doing? And I'm like, well, it's weird. I can't feel my arm. I can't feel my face. I chipped my tooth, like all from the vaccine. And she had just seen somebody post on the next door app <laughs> about a vaccine reaction in our neighborhood. And just because that happened, it turned out it was Denise Hertz is her name. And she's a doctor and she's actually one of the one of the founders of like, she started the first Facebook group and she's a big act in react 19. And I talked to her, I joined the group and yes. And then more and more. And then I'm just seeing these tragic stories. I mean, I wish the world could be part of my Facebook group. And unfortunately it's totally confidential, obviously, but the things that people say, like I'll be sitting at the dinner table with family that's bashing people who aren't getting vaccinated. And then I'll, I'll, and they'll be doing that. And then um, maybe not, I mean, or friends or I don't want to say bashing, like not going to make them. They're not that they're not horrible people, but like, you know, they have their opinions. And meanwhile, I'm reading these Facebook posts where it's like, can somebody please tell me if my life is ever going to return to normal? I don't know that I can keep living like this. Like I got up this morning and I and I fell and I can't get out of my bed. And does anybody know about the tremors? Does any Can anybody tell me what to do when my heart rate goes up? Is this going to go forever? Why is my life ruined? Like we're just, it's just these things that are, and it's just so heart-wrenching, like the conversations we have on the group. And I'm like, there's, this is going on. And meanwhile, the rest of the world doesn't know. Right, it's very strange. So the majority, I would say, would you agree that the corporate media, the mainstream media, in all of its forms, really is not addressing the vaccine injuries? Would you agree yes. with that? Yes, 100%. 
And, and that's the things too, is like things started to get weird. Cause it was just like, I, you, yeah. I mean, I would watch people I would watch, right. I was watching, I saw like Trevor Noah, the ladies on the view, not that I really watched the view, but like the stuff that's out there, but you, you know, things would pass and you'd watch a clip and you wouldn't think twice about it. And I remember like watching Trevor Noah call the people who weren't getting vaccinated stupid and watching the ladies on the view just get so angry. About, and, and not that they matter, but they do because they are the mainstream media. They're, they're, they are affecting it. But and also the news. I mean, I have Don Lemon and Rachel Maddow in the movie saying negative things, Howard Stern. Like, it's just, it was like, yeah, like whether you're a personality or a newscaster, everything mainstream was feeding you one thing. And that was like, the vaccines are safe and effective, safe and effective, obviously a talking point, like obviously. And, um, and nobody was talking about reactions. And yeah, and then I started, that was the first time I started watching Fox News. Because I was like, okay, I, there's other things going on that I'm not getting on the mainstream. So I like when the pilot strike happened for Southwest, and 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 if you go to the mainstream media, it's the weather. So I'm like, well, let me see what Fox News has to say. So then I go to Fox News, and it's a pilot walkout because of the mandates. And then I know, okay, somewhere in the middle, I'm gonna find more of a truth. Like so, I started. That was when I started realizing I have to go to the two extreme news sources, and then I have to do my own research. And that's where I start to find my truths. And that's a, that's a new journey. And that's it. And so it's unacknowledged. You're also shamed, like the themes of abandonment too. Mm -hmm. And that if you don't take that extra shot, like you took one and you were done, you were ethically and morally irresponsible for the other people. So there's all kinds of rare, intense behavioral psychology and dynamics yeah. taking place around the shots. And this is two years ago. So, that's also, it's changed a lot with, even within the last six months, there, there's a lot of other information coming out and just this whole Hamlin situation. So that's, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but this work of talking about the precursor to your documentary. So that's kind of where you're at. Can you kind of talk about how you, once you decided to make the documentary, your research, what you wanted to include? I know that you did a lot of great research in this. And included some uh, video from the Johnson hearings yes. and things, things that I followed as well. But can you kind of talk about your research arc? Yeah. So one of the um, interesting things was the Johnson and Johnson, I mean, Johnson and Johnson, the Senator Ron Johnson hearings. Um, and I had seen them. And then I so he had these roundtables and these with doctors and vaccine injured. And they lasted like there was one that lasted like six hours. There was one that lasted like four hours. And I watched all of them. But then I saw them get taken off of YouTube. For misinformation and suddenly i couldn't find them anymore and it was like so i know a lot of people had seen them but i was like but i so i contacted senator johnson's office and i got the actual videos oh, wow. and yeah and i also because i like you mentioned i'm the writer director editor i did everything obviously because i don't have money and i know i'm not going to make money off this movie right i put it out for free um it's about so i was just like i can't spend a lot of money on it so there's a lot of stuff online so there's a lot of information online. So I wanted, I knew I needed to get a lot of the stuff through research and just finding the right moments. And then I also have personal interviews and stuff like, but I knew I had to really, it was, I feel like I'm a curator. So I was like a curator of the, of the Johnson, you know, and, so, and a, like I had an earlier cut that was like three hours and someone was like, it's too much of the hearings. And I'm like, so I was trying to get less, but the thing is for those of us who've seen the hearings, like, yeah, we've seen this, but there's a lot of people who have not seen these hearings and they're not going to sit and watch seven, 12 hours of footage. So it was a lot like I got it transcribed. I read through them. I made notes. I put it in sections. I you know, this is when they talk about 
um, myocarditis. This is when they talk about abandonment. This is when they talk about uh, ivermectin and medication and this, you know, and so I really, it was really about like finding themes and taking the, like the 12 hours of Senator Johnson stuff into themes. And then also other people I'd watched, right? Like Russell Brand was starting to say stuff, you know, that was, you know, and so I'd hear a poignant thing there, John Campbell or um, even CNN. Like, so then I just was really, and because I had a reaction and because I think everybody got a lot more into during the year of lockdown, watching the news, watching YouTube channels, um, so I would always flag something that was really relevant. And so I spent hours and hours going through YouTube channels of people that I respected um, and then, and of people I didn't respect and then, and then the Johnson hearings. And so, yeah, so then I put it together, um, organized and like my first cut was three hours. And then I also right. did in-person interviews. Then I also, then I saw how much money I could raise. I was like, let me try to raise a little money, put a little thing together whatever money I can raise is what I'm going to use to shoot the interviews in person. So that will dictate how much in-person stuff I could do. And um, yeah. So. And so some of those people in those hearings were, became your kind of personal, they became the interviewees for your film, right? Yeah. And you know, what was really interesting is the hearings was full of, yeah, like a lot of the, the people who really started the movement and who are speaking out a lot were in it. And they're also in my group. Um, a lot of people were afraid to be in the documentary too. So it's like, you, that's why you kind of see the same people over and over again a lot, because it's really dangerous to speak out about having a vaccine reaction. Like, you know, I called this one guy and he was like, you know, I'm not ready. I'm trying to get work. I'm trying to get jobs. I've lost my job because I'm tremoring and I'm out there trying to get other jobs and I just can't be out like a vaccine. I can't be like an anti-vax person. And it doesn't even mean that he's an, you know, whatever that means, but he's just got a reaction. He, so people are afraid. They didn't want... So it was like the people who are willing to talk about it are the people and the doctors were there. And what was really funny <laughs> um, was I went to the anti-mandate rally, which I have in the movie, that section. And the night before there's this like VIP dinner and like everybody's there from the Senate hearings and like the doctors are there and the injured are there. And it was the first time I met a lot of them. And I, I texted my friend and I'm like, it's like Comic-Con for the vaccine injured. Cause I was like, That's oh April, April, 2022. Is that right? Yep. April, 2022. Yes. April, 2022. Yep. And I'm like, there's Dr. Merrick. There's Del Bigtree. There's a, you know, like, it was just like, it was like, I was like, I feel like I'm at Comic-Con. Like I'm such a nerd for like the vaccine injured. I <laughs> and I've seen some of those faces. Like you're there with Ernesto Ramirez, whose son's yes. tragically passed away. And that uh, orthopedic surgeon, I've heard his story, lost yes. his job. So there's a lot of pressures not to talk. Uh, social pressures, economic pressures, and the vaccine injured, what's tragic, it's it's not just the physical injury, but like the financial and personal relationships too, right? Like some of these people yeah. are, like they got set back from their life goals. They're gone. Yeah. Their savings well, are 100%. I mean, like nurses and doctors, like like in the movie, you know, a doctor who can't, he's a surgeon. He can't do surgery anymore. People who've lost their jobs. I interviewed somebody and her interview didn't make the movie, but um, she had lost her house. And she, when I interviewed her, she was staying in a trailer in her friend's yard because she couldn't work anymore. She was she had been um, bartending, I think, at that point. Um, and she just, you know, was had a had a brownstone that she'd actually just bought. So she was like in a lot of debt. And then like six months not being able to work, not being able to get money and like and knowing it wasn't going to change and she couldn't work. So she had to get rid of her house and she was living in a and she's not the only one. People have lost their houses. They've lost their jobs. It's huge. It's millions. I think that uh, Edward Dowd, who knows some of these stats, says that 
1.5 million people have entered into the disability state and the, the workforce has actually changed. So these are enormous catastrophes. These are giant people. So there's a huge, I think there's a huge circle of people who are injured. Some that have come out courageously like you, but there's many, yeah. many more that have, uh, have really had their lives turn upside down and there's really tragic consequences. And there's people in between life and death. Like, thank God you are able to kind of still do these films and stuff like that. Some people will just sit in bed for 20, 22 hours a day. So mm -hmm. it's devastating. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what's, that's what's so scary. And so, and so hard is there are people who need help. And like, that's the biggest thing. So I've been getting something that surprised me since I made this movie is the amount of emails I've gotten from vaccine injured people thanking me and telling me that they have seen are seeing their story for the first time for the first time they feel like they're being heard thank you for making it like watching your movie i feel like i'm heard and you've given me confidence to have a voice as well and i didn't expect that and that was that's been really if you go to the youtube channel and actually just read through some of the comments under the video there's like i don't know i don't know there was like 100 comments whatever but there's some really great stories like people are sharing their injury stories and you're seeing how important this movie is just for the injured and just everybody's like just bringing in like this did it for me and this reminded me of what i went through and thank you and then the really scary thing was that i after i put this up two days after i put it up i had 63 comments and it was all love and it was all thank you and it was like wow and then youtube took it down oh wow. and i was like you see some a movie that's doing such good work in like helping people and they took it down and then i have to immediately tell you because now for YouTube's YouTube actually ended up putting it back up, which has never, as far as I know, ever, ever happened with something they've censored in terms of the vaccine. Like <laughs> I'm I, not, I wasn't that fortunate. So, no, we, so you, yeah. I think it's a change. And I think this is a fact that things are changing a little. And um, it also didn't like Senator Ron Johnson tweeted that the movie was taken off YouTube and tweeted a whole censorship thing. And within an, uh, two hours, he had 60,000 views on his tweet. And then that afternoon, YouTube sent me a letter apologizing, saying it was a mistake and putting the movie back up. Oh, wow, great. Congrats. That's cool. Yeah. So that's that's an example of work. That's an example of, hey, us talking, tweeting people, be you know, protesting a little, you know, like saying this isn't right. Actually, it made a change. Like, it made a change. You know, obviously, I have the weight of Senator Johnson behind me, but it's a start. It's a start. And that's where I think I saw the name of your film was on, I think it was through him or somebody was talking about it. There was some kind of buzz on social media. So that's why I reached that's out to you. That's probably it. So like you are uh, getting these first person interviews with some of these people and going through their different stories. You broke the film down into 10 parts, right? Just to kind of yes. go through everything. Can you kind of talk about like you talk about these try like the trial. Like there's yeah. so much information, but the trials, the original trials of these shots were not not uh, acceptable, right? They just were not rigorous and not and they're keeping no. tried to keep it secret too, right? Yeah, there are many things about the trials. Like first of all, so I have two people in the movie that were in the trials. One is a 12 year old girl who was on a feeding tube and in a wheelchair. And and she and so she since the trial, her her symptoms weren't noticed in the trial like they, were, they weren't recorded and pfizer um the fda the cdc nobody has ever reached out to her nobody has ever asked her how she's doing she's totally her life has changed since the trial um they put her like it, i'm trying to think and i talk about it in the movie so i'm not gonna get into the details but you just see how they didn't 
they didn't say what her problems were. And then there's another woman who's in the trial who was forced to, had such a bad reaction after her first shot that she couldn't get a second. And if you don't get a second shot, you're labeled as you withdrew from the trial and you're not part of the, you're not part of the data. So, right. So like a lot. It's very convenient for Pfizer or whatever was doing the trial. Like the person who's injured is not even in there. They just take you out. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. So like if you don't make it through the trial, then you're not part of the trial. So a lot of these adverse reactions in the beginning weren't. The other thing about the trial is that they only went like three weeks after. Like um, Brie talks about they said they were going to follow you for like a year or, you know, and like 60 days later, like they was the last time she heard from them and she's had a reaction. And so like this whole year they weren't following her. So all these people who are having reactions. So that's just the trial. And then I also have Brooke Jackson on the, who's the whistleblower from Pfizer. And she talks about what a mess the whole, she would work for Ventavia and they were running the trial for Pfizer and just things were wrong left and right. People were unblinded. Um, She said there was like, you know, they just hired like local fast food workers to be the ones running the, running the test with the, with the patients. Like, cause you can, I think it was cause even like administering shots, you can teach people. And she talks about that and it's just like, wow, like there was no care put into it. And then she complained and complained again. And she was like, this is not right. So she called the FDA to say, Hey, this is what's happening in this trial. And after she called the FDA, um, she was fired six hours later. And, and the FDA, yeah, they've never looked at Ventavia. Right. And she's in a lawsuit right now with them. I don't know what's going, it's going through the Texas, I think, but yeah. she like saw removal of data, destruction of evidence and the FDA is in a passive position getting the information from Pfizer. So they're just accepting whatever Pfizer gives to them. It's just a totally yeah. dark, I, that, incestuous yeah. relationship. It's so exactly. bad. Like how can you have the pharmaceutical company creating the drug and then they're in charge of the trials? And not only are they in charge of the trials, the FDA just admits whatever paperwork that uh, Pfizer gives them. So there's Ventavia who runs it and who's hiding things from Pfizer because they're so sloppy. And they and, and basically there's incentive programs too. Like the more you show of this, the better you do. And so they just want more and more people enrolled and they want all this. And then Pfizer takes the data and, you know, then they give it to the FDA. And like and the FDA accepts it. Like they're like, they don't go and check and they don't, they're like, okay, this is what Pfizer said, so this is what it is. Yeah, it's incredible. The whole system has to yeah. be totally changed. The yes. FDA, the CDC, yes. all these people, and it's just incredible. And you have Naomi Wolf in there, who I follow as well, and she got the V-safe data, right? That was the stuff that they were going to hide for 75 yeah, I, years. Ago. Yep, and all the Pfizer data, like the the all the clinical trial data from Pfizer, um, they had said, yeah, they needed 75 years before they could release it. And that right. was okay. Like, you know, and then luckily a judge, I think in Texas or somebody, you know, was like, no, you have to release that now. And so Naomi Wolf is one of the people along with um, somebody else. And they're, they're doing volunteer work and they're going through, they're combing through thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of Pfizer trial data, which actually shows they knew about these adverse reactions. They knew yeah. about things going wrong. Like it, it's showing a lot of things. Then it's just sketchy stuff, taking people out of the pool of testes and things like that, that you were, uh, you know, that was going through with uh, Brooke Jackson, like people, being, it's just crazy stuff. Yeah. And uh, it's really bad. And so then like you have Walensky on your documentary, she's lying because that's the, I think that's the V-safe data or is that the VAERS data? She knew that people were being harmed and that was through the lawsuit by Aaron Siri 
who yeah. got that information. So she's on TV going, oh, it's safe and effective. I recommend this for pregnancy, knowing that she's getting this data being put into the CDC. It's incredible. Deception. It's incredible. Yeah. It, and even like we talk about Janet Woodcock of the FDA and Peter Marks, the FDA people who are there and I have them in the movie talking about how it's so safe and effective. And then I also show in the movie emails between a vaccine injured and both of them or the vaccine injured is, and this is early. This is like right when they're injured. This was like 2021, March, April, like these emails. And they're like, there's many of us, we need help. We need, please help us. Like people are getting suicidal. And I, the emails I have in the movie, I mean, they flash pretty quick, but that's what, and it's between the FDA, Janet Marks, Peter Woodcock, and the vaccine injured. And then meanwhile, they're in the public saying, this is safe and effective and there's no problems. It's incredible. Yeah. It's just totally Orwellian type, like sloganeering yeah. and stuff like that. And then they're like, they're really like, at, at least at one point, maybe it was in 2021, they were going to put people in a psych facility for mm -hmm. complaining, right? Can you talk about yeah. that? They still do. Like, basically, oh, they're so confused about these adverse reactions because they're not studying them. And adverse reactions, a lot of them are also neurological. They're hard to pin down. So people go in the hospital with, like, tremors and with, you know, heart racing and, like, all, all this stuff. But they do every test and the tests come back. They can't find anything wrong. And so it's when they can't find anything wrong, they start to call you crazy. The conversion disorder or functional there's a new word for it. Functional. Uh, I don't even know there's words, but conversion disorder is one, but it basically means it's all in your head because there's nothing actually physically wrong with you. And then they referred you to a psychiatrist and every, I mean, I don't know the percentage, but 90% of the people who go to the hospital and try to get help have been suggested that it's in their head because in the end, the doctors don't know what's wrong. And that's a sad thing. I don't know. That's the biggest thing is that they don't know what's wrong. And that's what I want to do with this movie is like, just get help somebody like let's study this more let's figure this out let's help these people yeah it's like a different new kind of ailment it seems like this vaccine maybe it happened in other vaccines but this seems like a new phenomenon of this uh, type of injury where they don't yeah. know how to figure out what's wrong yeah and i think it affects the immune system right so a lot of it's like autoimmune inflammation type stuff right and so your immune system starts attacking itself and that happens in different ways for different people so for some people it's like huge inflammation and tiredness and brain fog and like nerve issues and for other people it's you know it's losing your muscle losing control of your muscles ending up in a wheelchair um you know other people it's more it's the heart right there's a lot of the heart issues and stuff but um but a lot of it's autoimmune which becomes hard to diagnose so Right, right. I think that's right. And they're starting. I mean, there's more and more papers coming out even to this day. So 2023 will be very interesting. But there did you while you were kind of researching this in your own experience, have you found any remedies or things that help any natural remedies or any protocols? I know there's the FL. CCC. Yeah. The, um, so the, the weird thing is, is like there's things that work for some people and don't work for others. So there's a lot of people who've done ivermectin and ivermectin has really helped them. And then other people who's like, that didn't help me at all. Um, then there's things like there, then there's a lot of um, homeopathic stuff. I know I haven't found there's nothing that works. People are like oxygen chambers. Um, 
And then like, I don't even know what gabapentin is, or I don't even know the exact word. Gabapentin, gabapentin. Yeah, I just know that in my Facebook group, that word is thrown all over the place. Like, oh, I did this, I did so that. And, I, and I'm like, that's something that a lot of people have tried, especially at the beginning, They especially like early on, people were like, how many milligrams of this are you taking? What? And that's what it was, it was like, help, help. And there's nothing that universally is working, you know, IVIG therapy, a lot of people are doing, but that's expensive and you have to get like 10 treatments and that works for a while. A lot of the things that work, work for a while, but then they go away. So interesting. Do you find that the, uh, in your experience, just anecdotally is the people are, when they've been injured, they're getting better. Cause it seems like some of the people you talk to in the film, they seem to have an arc of improvement. Some people is what, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think in general, people are getting better. Like, I think it, it takes time, but they get, I mean, the general, like people, like a year or two. Um, but then there's people who really aren't, who are still worse. Like, like I interviewed Sean, I interviewed um, Nikki and Juliana, who are both in wheelchairs in the movie. And like three weeks after I interviewed them, I found out they were back in the hospital. Um, so a lot of them go in and out of the hospital. I think Sean was in the hospital not long ago. He's another guy in the movie. Um, like, so I, it, it comes in waves and there are people who are not getting better. No. And the tinnitus, people who have tinnitus, like that debilitating, debilitating ringing in the ears, um, that a lot of those people are not getting better. So I don't think you can say like some people, I had a trajectory where I pretty much got better. Um, I thought, and then I've, the last three nights have been really wild for me with paresthesia, but I'm going to assume that something is in flaring it and then it's going to go away. But I also don't know if that means that like in five years from now, I start developing multiple sclerosis or, you know, like there's some weird neurological thing that's definitely happening. So while my symptoms are getting better, like le less apparent, it still exists. There's still something happening. Yeah, it's like we're going to I guess we'll find out. In the I, next we'll find out. We'll find out if they're honest, like, too, you know, I mean, we'll find out like people are like, well, we'll find out later when, you know, in 20 years or in 10 years when suddenly the cancer rates are higher, this is higher, like, you know, whatever. But it's like, I don't know, there's so much secrecy of this, like, will we ever know? Can you tell that story about DES? Can I've never heard that story. Can you tell about the DES uh, drug and its yeah. long -term consequences? Yeah, we'll just call it DES, because I don't think I can say the whole big word, but DES diet. It's a, it's a synthetic estrogen. And it was given to women um, and it was given to women in 1990s. It's funny, I have my dates, my dates. It's all in the movie, but I put the information in and then I let the details go. And they thought it was fine. They did the trials, they did it was fine. It was for estrogen. And then they found out that the daughters of women who took DES had huge um, infertility problems and cancer rates, like ovarian cancer and cancer that was like fertility related so here they have this drug that they thought was great like the trial stuff went well the people who took it went well and then they found out that what was really bad what really happened was it wasn't until their children until their daughters were at childbearing age that they started developing rare cancers and infertility and so that's just an example of like we don't know and so just, and it doesn't mean don't try it, right? Like science is like, if you're willing to try it, try it. Like if you want to be in the, in the trial, go ahead. But to be saying it's absolutely safe and effective, which is what they're saying about the COVID vaccines. Like they're really saying, oh, it's absolutely safe. It's like, you can't say that. You can't, you know? So that was why I put that in the movie. Yeah, so it's really interesting. And I think that thalidomide and all these others, there's been very dangerous things. And 
some of these doctors, I doc, uh, there's one Thorpe who's like, he says that this is going to cause a real disaster appropriation disaster. And you're already seeing those stats where there's a higher level of death and a lower level of births. It's really yeah. happening. There's there really I, is. So like, this is anecdotal, you know, what I'm about to tell you, but like I had a screening in Minnesota um, of the movie and this woman came up to me after the movie and she said, and she was crying and she was like, thank you so much for doing this. She said, I'm a nurse. I'm a nurse in delivery rooms. Like I'm a, um, I'm a nurse for pregnant women. Like that's what I do. And I cannot tell you the number of stillborns I have seen since this related. And she goes, it's devastating. It's atrocious. And she was dead serious. Now, anecdotal, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that's a, I've, I've heard that we were hearing that, but I, that was the first time I actually had somebody who worked with women in the hospital and was telling me like, no, it is like devastating and very noticeable. And there's way more stillbirths than she's ever seen. Yeah, it's incredible. And they're just like, they're not keeping these statistics. It's not being caught. Right. That's why it has to be anecdotal because there's no, right. the government isn't doing exactly. its job. That's why it's anecdotal. And that's why we, like, I hate to say that because like, who am I to say? I don't know. But if the government isn't even going to follow up on it, then we become conspiracy theorists, right? Like then we're like, well, maybe it's true. Maybe they died because of this, maybe this. But if we felt secure that the government was actually following up and not covering things and not lying, then we wouldn't have to guess. We would be like, oh, okay, they're following through. They're doing stuff on pregnant women. We'll find out. The problem is we know we will never know because they're not doing the trials. So we, as ordinary people, have to decide, was that a vaccine death? Was that a vaccine stillbirth? Was it not? You hear somebody died, were they vaccinated? You, and none of my business, like, but it's just kind of like, ah, like, should somebody be honest and like do trials? Yeah, right. I mean, just be, I mean, it's really incredible. Yeah. And some of these guys, they won't come forward and talk to people. Like I know when they okayed the shot for the children, that was back in October, 19th one of these people would not talk to steve kirsch he would go to her house and knock on her door and say i just want an explanation and she called the cops on him and the same thing happened with johnson johnson said and you had that in your movie he invited fauci collins Becerra to come out just come in before let's talk they wouldn't show up which to me is very telling yeah they didn't and those johnson hearings are really awesome they're great they're knowledgeable people he he took the time to get you know really great knowledgeable people on doctors and it's like none of them would show up. And even they didn't even send like Fauci or, or CDC could send the lowest level intern just as a representative. Like just send a representative. Good point. So, yeah. you know what I mean, like show that you care, send the intern, send, send the intern who's there on college break and say, go sit there and put our tag on. So we're represented. They didn't even right. do that. It's, it's really amazing. And it, it, if it, they were really like successful, they should like do a victory lap at Johnson's office. Hey, to high five, everybody. we, crushed COVID. We did yeah. it with this vaccine. They should take all credit. That's the way people really operate. Instead, yeah. they go and hide like, oh man, we got, we're in yeah. trouble. Like people are trying to catch us or something. Exactly. They don't, Very they don't engage, right? Like why not engage and why not talk about it? And, yeah. and they don't. Talk about your good decisions is really incredible. And you already, you had one taken down from YouTube, but also Vimeo too. Yeah. Vimeo took this down. And Vimeo is like, is really upsetting um, because uh, I don't know, not everybody knows what Vimeo is, but it's a platform and it's a platform that all filmmakers make. So when you make a movie, you put your movie on Vimeo with a password so nobody can look at it. Um, but then I give it to my composer or I give it to people for feedback and it's the whole collaborative way. And I've been paying, yeah, I paid, so 
I paid uh, like for a full year of Vimeo for this movie. Um, they took it down um, while I was streaming it. Cause once YouTube took it down, I put my Vimeo version on the website. They took it down with no warning and they canceled my account. They erased every video on there. They canceled it. They didn't even give me a strike. YouTube gives you strikes at least, you know, where it's like one more and you're gone. Yeah. You sense it coming. Like I knew it was coming. coming. My most Yeah. No, I went to Vimeo and I was like, and everything was down. And luckily it's not my filmmaker page with all my movies and like everything I've done for 20 years. Like it's, it's not my profile. I kept it separate. It was a new one for the movie, but they didn't, they deleted every video. I tried to, you know, contact them and they were like, it's misinformation. And I said, can you please tell me what's misinformation? Because I've spent $10,000 and three months with a lawyer to fact check everything in this movie. Like I, there's no misinformation in this movie. Like there are stories, people telling stories, you know, and like, that's for you to decide and hear, but they wouldn't, you know, and they don't engage. It's a form letter. We do not engage. There will be no more conversation and you have misinformation that's our guidelines and because of that we put it down and then i said well can i at least get my money back because i i paid for a whole year and you've and you've took it down and they said no because you're the one who violated it you will not get your money back but they won't tell me what i violated like what exactly in my movie is wrong dude that's like tech dystopia or something like really crazy and that's a part of your movie and then actually if you go back to was it event 201 in that event where they're talking about a pandemic, they bring up mis and disinformation. So they anticipated that being an issue and it's still being played out. Like whose misinformation is right. the other guy's disinformation. So it's yeah. an information war. It's really about an information battle. And I think your film does a great job of showing the real information, not the misinformation. Thank too. you. It's like, you know, people, t- and that's why I make a play on the title anecdotals, but because anecdotals is like, well, that's not really real science. I have the definition of anecdotals at the beginning of the film, meaning not necessarily true because it's people's stories, but then we go through the whole movie and hear all these stories and then we see what the government's doing and it's like, well, what do you think, you know? Right. They're engaged in fraud, massive fraud. There's all kinds of everything. The The process to get these out to market were tainted with all kinds of nonsense. And it's unbelievable that they, they're they policing themselves. So that's really why they got away with it. It's really a shame. Yeah. But there's a lot more in this film. You got all kinds of great interviews. You got Fauci. You got uh, yeah. a lot of these people who've been injured or family members have died. And unfortunately, it's a huge number. Like these various number, I think it was the V-safe data was like, yes, I think it was from, yeah, it's like if you took 10 million people, that 7% were injured enough to go to the hospital. It's a huge number, 700,000 people. That's just off the charts. So, yeah. Yeah. And the injuries for the, and like the V-safe data, the injuries for COVID vaccine reactions. Um, if you take every vaccine reaction ever reported since the beginning of VAERS, which was like 1990 something, 1990, um, the beginning of theirs, every reaction reported, and then you take just the COVID reactions, it's 64% of all reactions, 64% of all reactions are COVID vaccine reactions. And that this was when I made the movie. So this, I mean, this was in September. That's the last time I did that. And that doesn't include boosters. Like there's actually a a, a row under that. That's the boosters. Um, But the top row is like the COVID shot. The first two, you know, the first COVID shot, that was all I'm referring to. So it doesn't include boosters either. And that's passive. The person yeah. who's injured has to go make that exactly thing. instead of the CDC or the FDA going yeah. out and asking you. Right. It's like so how many people have reported themselves? And yeah. even even the CDC website says one of the problems with VARES is underreporting. 
like the CDC. Right, so they admit to it, right? They admit to it. Yeah, yeah. You know all that stuff. <laughs> I mean, I did one. The anecdotal story is that somebody in Canada was with some older folks, all who had been, you know, they were in the high risk groups so that they had all taken the thing. He said, anybody out there know anybody with an injury? And they almost all raised their hand. So they all knew something. So I think that they're, they really are trying to cover up the stuff. That's why the censorship is there. That's why they got rid of died suddenly is because people were starting to come together and share their stories and go, where do you live? What's going on? How is this happening? So yeah, um, really incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Jennifer, we are at the 40 minute mark. Is there anything you'd like to add or anything I missed before we wrap it up and where can people watch your film? Okay. So um, yeah, the only thing I want to, I want to just leave on kind of a positive note, which is like my, hope for this movie is I want to cause, I want change, but there's also a whole nother theme about bringing people together and not having division. And as somebody who politically leans left and liberal and, you know, has ended up crossing and dealing with, you know, a lot of people who are super, who are, who are right and realizing we have a lot in common and seeing how the blame and the hatred. And so what I'm trying to do with this movie is really bring people together. Like it's not, I didn't want to make like an echo chamber chamber for all of us who are angry and understand. I, I made this movie to be gentle and try to bring other people that need to see this to, to into the light, you know? So if anybody has people in their lives who are skeptical or who are advocates with the vaccine and like, you don't really understand and don't believe in the reactions. If you have those people in your life, this movie I made for them. So like share it with them, like do a heartfelt, like, I know we argue all the time. I know we don't get along, but just watch this movie. Just, you know, so I made it with that so that it's, they're not feeling attacked. They're not feeling like they're being bombarded with conspiracy theories or what to think. They're just seeing some actual facts. So that's what I want to leave you with is like, let's try to bring each other together and not like hate each other and not call people stupid because they got vaccinated or stupid because of this. And like, let's figure out how we can make a change by bringing people together and opening eyes. And um, and then that being said, you can see it. It's on the website, www.anecdotalsmovie.com. Um, and the website actually just shows the YouTube channel. If you search it on YouTube, it actually comes up so far. So like this, they're That's not good. shadow banning it. It's coming up. Um, we also have a Rumble. Uh, people have gone crazy with it and post. There's like 15 on Rumble and 15 on Odyssey that oh, aren't nice. even mine. A couple of them are in Spanish, though. So that's great. Somebody somebody did some on Odyssey in Spanish. So awesome. if you want to share it with Spanish speakers, it's not ours, but someone posted it. So, But the website's the way you can always find it, anecdotalsmovie.com. And on the website, there is a reference page that has a reference to every single study brought up in the movie in chronological order and every single video, including news clip, YouTube clip. When they talk about a study, I have a link to like the New England Journal of Medicine, the trials data. So I tried to be really thorough. So if there's anything in the movie that you wanna know more about or you're questioning, well, does that really what it meant? Like you can go to the website, anecdotal, um, the reference page and in order, you know, you can find things and click on it and it'll take you to that information. And is that also the best place to reach you? I know that you are on Twitter at, at yes. Sharp Films. Okay. Yeah, Twitter is actually Anecdotals Movie. Um, okay. And so is Instagram. Instagram, Anecdotals Movie. Twitter, Anecdotals Movie. Oh, YouTube, know. Anecdotals Movie. So it's like all there. And you can, leave. and there's like, there's an email on the website um, contact page too. And and stuff and and there's a donate wow. button on the website if it's it's free with no ads like i we made it like not even trying to make but if if you watch it and you're so inspired even the price of a movie ticket would 
help cover the expenses of making this movie and, and be helpful. And that's on the donate page. Awesome. It's very well made. I, I definitely recommend it. Very well researched. And those first person stories that you have are very important for people to see. You can see the effects of that. And I did notice you were wearing purple in the last scene. So kudos to you. And again, <laughs> yes. it is Jennifer, Jennifer Sharp. And her movie is Anecdotals, just released December 2022. I will put a link to the website and her uh, Twitter page's uh, handle as well. So thanks so much for your time. Congratulations as well. Thank you very much. All right, take care. All right, take Bye. care. Stay there. Stay there.